Biruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem Berachluchim Beis Hashem. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. This week the shir is in the Shleishimei Hagbola. Three days prior to Shavuos. This Shabbos doesn't end until Tuesday night, till Monday night, and has nothing to do with Memorial Day weekend. Uh, not the Shabbos has nothing to do with Memorial Day weekend. The fact that it doesn't end until Monday night has nothing to do with it. So although people will be traveling and people will be going and people will be vacationing, rightfully so, they're not going to be doing any work this Sunday and Monday because they're going to be on vacation for the Memorial Day weekend. Shabbos begins the three days as we go into Shavuot Hashem, Shabbos, we make a special Kiddush and Havdalah together, combined, known as Yaknahaz. which is Yayin, Kiddush, Neir, Havdalah, and Zman. No, we do not need Erev Tafshil, because we're going to be cooking on Friday. Everything, Mirat Hashem. And everything will be then ready for Shabbos and Shavuot. We hope to discuss in Yes Hashem Shavuot. To discuss the Inyanim of Shavuot, of Matmutera. Yes Hashem discussing the Nether. Bit of Pashas Bamidbar as we embark now on the new Chumash, Chumash Bamidbar. Shleishes Mehagbal, as we mentioned before. And of course. The Minhagim and Halachis, when you get to the Yamtiv. The Shir, of course, is the Nishmas, Shlamis, Eliza Shlamis. We tend to see always in the nature of the person. In the action, the way a person acts, and the way a person behaves, tend to see what they really are, how they really think, and how they really exist. (coughs) 
Tera tells us in Parsha this week, looking in, this is chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Perei Dalid, Psukim Heim Vav. When the camp was about to travel, Aaron and his sons shall come and take down the dividing curtain between Kedish and Kedish Kedashim, and they shall cover the Aaron of testimony, the Aaron Ha'edus, shall place it upon, and then on top of that goes a covering of Tachash, skin, on top of that, they spread a pure cloth of pure blue wool. Three coverings. This was actually one of the tasks of the Kahanim. To prepare the vessels of the Mishkan for travel. Each one had to be covered with a specific designated covers and sacks. Terah describes... They placed the Arun in three distinct coverings. As we just said, the Parechas on the out, the top. They placed a covering of Tachash, of hide, and finally the sack of the blue wool. Similar to the Arun in transit is the soul of the Jew in transit. The soul, as the Alter Rebbe mentions in the Tanya Perik Beis, is a nefesh hashenis b'yisrael chelik eleka mimal mamash, part of Hashem. It's subjected into this world, and therefore has numerous layers of concealment and suppression. But the soul itself strives. It strives, it works very hard to live the exclusively godly life. But the physical body has a never-ending list of physical needs and demands that must be met. In addition, the holy soul has a visitor, has a partner, the animal soul, which our character traits. They're based on ego selfish loss if that weren't enough the Jews surrounded by secular and unholy influences and this obscures the right from wrong and putting another obstacle in the way of his godly behavior, godly connection a godly dream If that's the case, if there are so many disadvantages that the Neshama Tehida faces, why try to embark on this unsurmountable mission? It's a mission impossible, a challenge that we cannot beat. And the Tehida answers this question 
the description how the Oren traveled. When Israel camped, they set up the Mishkan, they set up its vessels, and the Oren stood in the Mishkan with all its glory. But when it had to travel, it needed three coverings. And in the same way, we should not, we cannot allow our challenges to throw us Chasasholim into despair. The challenges that we face in this world they're only attempts to suppress godly soul. But rather, they give us the opportunity to soar and to thrive and to connect, to reach out even harder and even stronger to even greater degree than we ever enjoyed before. A very, very wondrous behavior, a very wondrous action that each and every Jew must take. The Pasha itself is a relatively easy chitas this week. It's an easy read. Nothing major goes down. A few little rashis or hiccups give us little explanations of certain things. The discussion is the numbers. Bamidbar, the Chumash is referred to as numbers. It's counted. It's Excuse me. The name of the Chumash is Numbers. But the translation to Bamidbar is in the desert. How does one have to the other? How does this match? How does this work? What's with all the counting? Why does God count again and again the Jews? And to that, of course, Rashi immediately comes up with that answer, comes up with that suggestion, what is the counting all about, the reasons for the counting it's a chavivus an endearment that Hashem has to his people and like a person that owns a treasure has many jewels, has many riches, and that person tends to count it over and over. But you know, if you deal with diamonds, if you deal with any kind of semi-precious jewels, you will become privy to a very interesting secret. Jewels take on colors. What does that mean? They take on colors. If a jewel is placed in a box or in an environment of certain very, very heavily displayed other jewels with certain colors, 
this jewel too will take a tinge. You'll find a slight tinge of that color of that jewel. The Mishnah tells us in Pirkei Aves, which we'll discuss in Mishnah from this week's Perik, Perik Shishi, the final Perik of Pirkei Aves. How great it is for the tzaddik, and how weak, how who and weak, and great it is for his neighbors. How wicked, how horrible, and horrific is it for the wicked, and even worse so for his neighbors. Woe to his neighbors! Tells us the Teda the situation, how the Jews traveled. Which tribe was situated where? Mishpeches b'nei kahos yachinu al yerech hamishkan teimana. The families of the sons of kahos camp at the south side of the mishkan. Shevet Levi was divided in four. The tribe of Levi was divided in four. And they traveled on all sides, all four sides of the Mishkan. Around them were the other twelve tribes. Whew. Is that about Israel? We have a chasan? I am. We have a chasan in the house. Result of chasan. Three tribes on each side. If there's four sides and there's twelve tribes, then there's obviously three tribes on each side. Rashi notes. Simcha. What does she do? When? Oh, tonight is the outside of Ahochanabasar Yechesko. Okay. Tenish Bosley service are high. How cute. Everything is parve in here? I don't know. Yeah, you find out. Read it. The tribe of Ruvain was in the south. Huh? Ah. The south of particularly affected by the Levian the camp nearest to them, which is the family of Kahos. Kahos, as we know, had the rebel rouser, Kerach, in his camp. And as we said, Rashi says, when they talk about it, Woe to the wicked one, and woe to his neighbor. Thus, 
Dosan, Aviram, and 250 others from the tribe of Ruvain were smitten. Bamidbar makes a similar observation of either Rasha or Shainav as Kerak's neighbors were lost together with him. Unlike Rashi, who says many people from Ruvain joined Kerak's rebellion, the Medish emphasizes that many people that merely punished alongside him. According to the Medish, therefore, the effect of the wicked neighbor is limited. He doesn't necessarily cause his innocent neighbor next to him to sin. To do evil. Although he gets punished along with him. But a good neighbor Medish agrees the benefits are far more than just incidental. As the Chacham taught us, the sages teach us, any quality is more powerful when it's used for good. But if you're keeping score at home, we learned it a few weeks ago in Saita, Yudalif Amidalif. A quality used for good is always better than the quality used for evil. So the message therefore says, Moshe and Adam who rested in the east, next to them were Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulun, Therefore we say Tevla Tzadik Tevla Shechinov These three tribes that were next to Mesh and Ar They were impacted very very powerfully In a life-altering way. The words of the Medrash. Yeah, I need a drink of water. The words of the Medrash. Yehuda 
his soccer, his wool in themselves became great in Taylor. The effect that people can have on others enough, enough. The Torah was then given in Sinai, Bamidbar Sinai. Again, as the effect of the desolate desert had on the people that received the Torah. They tell a story of an Chassid, a very kind, giving man. The story goes back several hundred years ago, and I've told the story before. And um, a good friend of mine, I'm sure, that listens to this year faithfully, will let me know where in the archives I've told the story. fellow was a very, very rich man, but he wasn't rich from his own, he ri- wasn't rich because he was born with it, he was rich because he worked with it. He had a tremendous demeanor, he had a very, very good, kind heart, people appreciated him, people loved him, and as he grew older, as a child, people knew him, and as he grew older, he developed a knack business, became a butcher, very trusted, loved, so much so that the Baron himself used to rely on him. No. The Baron himself relied on him, and he said, the Baron said this in the report city, there are ships constantly coming into the port, and to land in the port you got to pay docking fee and taxes. He put this in, in charge. He was in charge of collecting the docking fee, the taxes. This is his job. Part of his job, I'll call upon him. He got paid for it, a commission of course, and he ran the butcher. By aim, and a very large ship shows up. A very large ship comes into port, and Kedaki Bekadish, as he usually did, he went out to the port, and he came upon, he got onto the ship. Everybody knew if you're docking here, you need to pay. So they paid him his taxes. And as he was walking off the ship, the captain pulled him on the side 
and said to him, I have something very, very valuable, very interesting merchandise for you. 10,000 ruble, 10,000 gold coins, and it's yours. 10,000 gold coins, that's a lot of money. What is it? Not telling you? I'm not showing you? You give me the money, you got it. You don't give me the money, I throw it over sea. Throw it off my boat into the sea, I have no problem. The guy says, 10,000 gold coins is a lot of money. And I'm not the Meshiga. I didn't have 10,000 gold coins because I'm a Meshiga. I have it because I make business, I do business, I know business. I got to know what my merchandise is. The guy started screaming. He said, you're a Chacham, you're a wise guy. I told you I'm not showing it to you. Now it's 20. Well, it went back and forth. And he said, I'm promising you, you're going to appreciate this item, merchandise. And again, they negotiated, renegotiated, and he said, no, I'm not, I have to see it. And he said, it have to be now 40. Now, before he could double it, this guy was so curious. He said, I'll give you the 40. Unseen, sight unseen, I'll give you the 40. No. You have a half hour to bring it. So he ran home and he gathered the 40,000 gold coins and he came running back to the dock. And the guy said, okay, counts it off. And he tells his men, okay, bring up the merchandise from the bottom of the ship. And they start to bringing up Something chains, you hear chains shaking and racking and moving. What's going on over here? Suddenly, from the belly of the ship, he sees a person. Person in chains. And a second person, and a third, and a fourth, and a man, and a woman, and a child. Young, younger men, older. There must have been a hundred of them. So, okay, this is what you bought. Take it with you. Now, about a hundred, over a hundred Eden. They were emaciated. Their clothes were tattered. They were in terrible, terrible condition. The rich man took them all to his home. Immediately got doctors told his servants to take care of them, clothe them, set them up, fix them up. Obviously it took not a half hour, it took a few days, a few weeks, the people started becoming human, and he started placing them, started getting them jobs, started getting them lives. He's finally able to hear the story, the story unfortunately was, these pirates had kidnapped, they came to the town, they pillaged the entire town, they killed whoever they didn't feel was worth selling. 
and everybody else was brought up onto the ship. We've been traveling in the belly of the ship for a few weeks, a good few weeks. They weren't very good, but there were a few weeks. And we had dried, stale bread, water, that's it. We're living in these horrific conditions for all these weeks. Apparently the pirates have been trying to sell us unsuccessfully. You are the last ditch effort. And he said, if I cannot sell you now, I'm going to dump you all into the sea. I have no use for you anymore. And Baruch Hashem, you bought us. Needless to say, the Gevira was more, at least ec- at least ecstatic. <coughs> Mitzvah like this, Pijin Shvuyim, so many hundreds of souls. But he noticed among the among the people here, as they were developing and as they were recuperating and as they were back to human beings, he noticed a very kind, attractive young lady, maybe of 18 years of age. And he was observing, he was observing her anhogas, her behavior, her actions, and he was very impressed with her. He was so impressed that he offered her to marry his own son. She got very flustered, obviously, from such an offer. After all, she says, what do I have? I have nothing to offer. No money, no family, no nothing. I should come and take the richest man in town's son? Sure, he can get anybody. Rich men would hear nothing of it. They set up, they met a few times, and they felt it was a match. And the wedding date was set. A girl that only a few short weeks before was left to be be dead in the belly of a ship, living on bread and water, waiting to be sold as a slave. This young girl now was marrying the richest man's son, (coughs) destined to a life of riches, It's like the stuff I put on my uh, joints. Um, so the chasana date was set. Everybody was invited. The duke himself was there with his family, his people. A special table was set for them. And everybody was ready for this beautiful, beautiful chasana. And the reception is going on, Kabbalah's Ponim. And the rich man is looking around to all the people that came off the ship. And he notices the tremendous simcha they're having. Because to them, this is like Mishpacha, this is their family. 
they live together, and they, they starve together, and they helped each other survive. They supported one another. And now, Baruch Hashem, to share in such a simcha. But as the rich man, who was not a fool, went from eye to eye, he noticed one young man. Whenever he looked at him, he smiled. And as soon as he looked away, he cringed. He noticed there's something wrong. And he walked over to this young man, and he said to him, pray tell me, what is it? What's the matter? Why are you so sad? He says, Shalom, I'm not sad, I'm smiling, I'm happy. Beautiful thing, the Chasen Kala. Pray tell me, please, there's something there. I must hear, I must know. Finally, the young man says, You know, of course, we were all captured from one town. Our entire town was burnt into the ground. All the elders were killed. The young children were killed. Only people that would be worthwhile for slaves were kept. Well, before that, our town functioned as a regular, beautiful function town. And while we were functioning, there was an engagement in our town. Our caller here was engaged to be married to me. However, I see how happy they are. How great this Hassan Kala couple look. There's no way I could do or say anything different. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so happy for her. So the tears that you see are mixed tears of happiness and sadness. The man heard this and he was in shock. She was betrothed, she was engaged to you. This can't happen. He tells him, you know what, mister? I'll tell you what, young man. My son is the chassan tonight. And as the chassan, this is his night. However, as righteous as you sound, and as great as you sound, I'm worried for him. Now that I hear that you have this feeling of contempt, I'm willing to give you a tremendous amount of money. You'll be able to start your life any way you want in the world. Please take this money from me. Wipe out from your heart any bad feelings you have to my son. And let it be. The young man started to cry even harder. He says, Master, I see you have a heart of gold. Your actions speak more than words. But you need to understand, there's no money in the world that can buy my heart 
that place in my heart that I had for this girl. No matter how much you give me, my love cannot be extinguished. Hearing this, the man went over to the chassan and he told him the story. And a few minutes later, the rich man climbed up onto a table. And he stopped all the celebration. He stopped all the happiness, all the joy. And said, Rabbi Sai, this is going to be a beautiful chasana tonight. A wonderful chasana kala. Hello. Hi, Rabbi. Hi, I'm in the middle of giving a shear. Enjoy. Chag Sameach. There's a Chasen Kala tonight that will go to this Chuppah. A Chasen Kala that were promised to one another many years ago. However, I am paying for everything the wedding I'm going to pay for like I was paying before. I must profess that happier than seeing my son under the chuppah, I am happy and proud today with the strongest nachas any parent can possibly have. Seeing that my son is following in my footsteps in a selfless fashion, willing to give everything away for the right thing, for the right cause. This was how the chasana took place, and of course the chasana was between the chasankala of your chasankala that had taken vows in the old town that was destroyed by the pirates. Let us focus a moment on the Shlesh Mihak Bola. Three days before Shvuis, the Eden were told, separate yourselves from everything, from any worldly pleasures. Today? Dedicate yourself, huh? According to Swaram, if man, a couple, have children and everything, yeah. yeah. If they don't have a house full of children, they didn't do the mitzvah of Purulu, then they don't. And we needed to separate ourselves and prepare ourselves for Matan Tera. I'd like to discuss the concept of Nasev Nishma. More importantly, 
in Pasuk in Shemais, chapter 20, verse 15. A very strange Pasuk indeed. The nation saw the sounds, the flames, and the sounds of the Shefer. And the entire mountain was smoking. People saw and trembled. And they stood afar. Taylor is telling us a very interesting concept. We know there are five senses to a person smell, touch, Hearing. Hmm? What are the five senses? Smell, eyes, see, touching, hearing, eye. Okay, go through it. Think it through. To taste. Taste. To hear, I say. One thing we know for sure. Each sense does its own thing. We don't smell... A picture. No. Not after it's dried up. We smell a scent. A flower is smelled. A spice is smelled. We don't smell a scene, a picture. Something that we see, we don't smell. We also don't hear a light. The light is on in the room. We see the light, but we don't hear the light. Each sense has its focus, what it's supposed to do. Tells us the Teda, the Yidden heard the sound, they saw the sounds. Joyim es hakoilis, they saw the sound. They saw the trumpets, they saw the flames. How is this possible? Rabbi Akiva explains in the Medrash very literally they saw the audible and heard the visible. Wow! But why? Why would it not be sufficient to hear the audible and see the visible? We know that everybody says seeing is a lot more than believing. But contrary to that, when you see something, you see the existence. You don't need an element of trust, of belief. I see it! It's not
This is therefore the difference of seeing and hearing. When you hear something, it doesn't affect us as much as seeing it. If you hear a reality, it's a true thing that happened. It gets debated. Debates break out. I heard this story. Controversial story comes to the table. And it's debated back and forth. There's arguments. Nothing that you can argue can convince somebody that this is actually the reality unless a person witnessed it. It's logical. It's scientific. I was today by somebody who was trying to say that everything was happening. Everything happened through spaceships. Mm. Spaceships took us out of Mitzrayim. Spaceships gave us the Torah. Everything was spaceships. But since seeing is what really witnesses the thing, gives us the idea of how things have to be. The Abishta made it that the Jews saw what ordinarily is heard and heard what is ordinarily seen. Godliness, spirituality, is a concept. It's called conceptual existence. It exists in essence. Holy things. And we believe they're true. But not something that we actually see in essence. We don't see the Matthias. When God introduced and presented himself at Sinai, he made himself known to each and every Jew with these words. I am God your God. His existence, His presence, became an unquestionable fact. They saw godliness. They grasped it and they understood it. Something that ordinarily in the mundane physical world would would not go through. Therefore, the revelations that were done by Har Sinai, the obvious and the substantiality, was no longer a given. What is normally visual became a concept, whereas what is normally heard became an essence of Matthias. And we see the greatness of the Jews when told, do you want the Torah? The answer, Nasa v'nishma. Nasa will do and we will hear Nasa before Nishma. The Gemara, for those keeping score at home, is like the Shabbos Peches, Amad Aleph and Amad Beis. Talks about the Maila of the Bnei Yisrael before Mount Torah that they gave first Nasa and then they said Nishma. The foundation, fundamental of Torah is Kabbalah sale. 
person has to have Kabbalah Sermachus. person has to be able to accept the Ebishter. Brachus, those keep in score, don't be Gimelmanala from the Mishnah. And therefore, the concept of Nase, which is Kabbalah Sale, had to come before Nishma, which is the concept of understanding. We needed to do card blanche before I understand anything. I'm going to do it. I'm going to accept and do it. But since mitzvahs need to do, we need to do mitzvahs, not because we understand it, but because the mitzvah is what God commanded us. Why nishma? Why do you even have to say nishma? Nasa. I'm doing it. Kabbalah said I'm going to do it. But the truth is, in addition to Kabbalah said, the person has to understand what he's doing. Deep in their heart, they have to understand why they're doing this. Chazal tells us in the Pesach, we have to say, Why Levavcha, not Libcha? Why does he say two basin? The love of God has to be b'shnei yitzirach. Another Mishnah bracha is keeping score at home and then dalit amir aleph. With both yitzis, the yitzahara and the yitzatayv, they both need to know. They both need to understand. They both need to listen. And therefore, the truth is, yes, nishma, the heart. The two services to Hashem is Baruch. And therefore, B'nai Yisrael only say, Kol Advarim HaShadibar Hashem Nasa. It doesn't mention the Nishma Klal at all. Because this is the second stage, Nishma. It's a second level that the people will take upon themselves, that they will also hear and understand. But the main thing is the Kabbalah Sale that one should know they need to accept what the Almighty is telling us and commanding us. We've been doing since Pesach, between Pesach and Shavuiz, and then after Shavuiz comes Sukkot, of course, between Pesach and Shavuiz, Pesach and Sukkot is Shavuiz, the middle and most important jumptif. Each week we do a Mishnah of Pirkei Aves because it's Milsa the Chasidusa, and as we said, the Minik Chabad is that we do it throughout the summer when it was needed so much more. People need to learn such things as Pirkei Aves. Mishnah in Birkiyavis painting Vav Mishnah Tess. Mishnah tells us a story. Amar Abiyasi ben Kisma. Abiyasi ben Kisma said, Pamachas, once upon a time, Hayisi Mahalach Baderach, I was going on the road. Ufagavi Adam Echot. And a man encountered me. He met me. Vinasani Shalom. And he greeted me with Shalom. Bechazarti Shalom. And I answered back to him Shalom. 
Amali said to me, Rebbe, my teacher, Meizem Makomata, where are you from? Amarti Lehem told him, Meir Gedele Shel Chachomim Veshel Seifrim Ani. I come from a great city of scholars and sages. So the conversation continued. Amali said to me, Rebbe, tell me, Rabbi, Perhaps you would like come live in our place, in our town. And I will give you a million golden dinners, <coughs> precious stones and pearls. The Biesi continues the story and he says, My answer, O Martiloy, I said to him, If you gave me all the gold and silver and pearls from the world, I will not live only in a place of Tera. Pogabi doesn't say Pogashbi. Pogabi. Poga also means harmed. The Gaisi says I was walking on the road and a certain man harmed me. This was harmful to me, says the Gaisi. And we see by his answer, the Gaisi's divine service centered and utter devotion study of Tera anything else to get involved in even temporarily would obstruct him and therefore Pogabi he harmed me by stopping me on the street then says Abiyasi it wasn't enough for him to stop me he greeted me Shalom and I returned Shalom when Abiyasi sees a Jew, when you see a Jew, you don't have to wait for him to tell you Shalom first. You see a Jew, you greet him, you say Shalom, and he answers you Shalom. Why did this man have to tell Abiyasi Shalom first and then Abiyasi answer him? <laughs> because he was ignoring him. Abiyasi was shying away. He didn't want to talk to him. He realized this person is going to disturb him. He's going to interfere with his his concentration on what he was learning. However, the guy told him Shalom. It's only right to answer Shalom. So he answered. Or we could say simply, Rabbi Yaisi was walking and he was so absorbed in his learning he didn't even see the guy. So if you don't see the guy you're not going to greet him. And because he was so immersed in his study the stranger realized he's got a special person here. So he offered him this tremendous amount of money to come live. What's the tremendous amount of money all about? Why numbers? Why not just say, 
come and take care of you. You'll be able to live by us. He was telling him, I'll give you money, you'll never have to worry another day in your life. You'll be able to learn all day Tata and nobody will disturb you. Your wife will never ask you for money because there'll be enough money floating in the house. You won't have to even think about it. And he'd be able to devote everything to spiritual. And he'd be able to give tzedakah with an open hand. Yaisa said, no thank you. Even if you give me all the gold and the silver, even if I was able to fulfill tzedakah throwing money at people in the best way possible, Yaisa replied to him, it's not worth it for me. I will live nowhere where it's void of Teda. The wording you chose is even chooses, even if you are to give me and I will dwell. Not the offer was improper. It's a nice offer for somebody else. Somebody suitable for this, it's a nice offer. But it was inappropriate for Abyasi. Because his life was only Tera. And therefore, the money did not rock his boat. The Mitzvah of Tzedakah was not his forte. His Aveda was sitting and studying Tera. And so as we prepare ourselves now for Mount Tera, and we go from Bamidbar Sinai, from the Pasha of Bamidbar, we start Nosa Yisraish Bnei Yisrael, Lift up the heads of Bnei Yisrael. How do we lift up the heads of Bnei Yisrael? We lift them up with Tata, with the study of Tata, the practice of Tata. And therefore, the Rebbe would say in greeting before Shavuos, it should be Kabbalah's Hatera Besimcha or Bepnimius. And the main thing is that we have to understand that Shvuis is Nami Lochem. We must have Hano. There's others that have to be had. And although there are those of the opinion that they only eat dairy, Yomtev, Simchas Yomtev has to be with Bosav Yayin. So although you eat dairy, there are those that have a custom to eat dairy in the morning, before the evening, they have regular Sudas Yomtev. There are those that celebrate Shtei Alechem, mentioned on Shavuos. They come home from Shul, they make Kiddush by day, first day. When they have a milk kasuda, they wash, have a milk the meal, they bench. They wait an hour and they wash again when they have a regular Suda Syamtif. And Ashrechem Vitevlachem, it's a beautiful custom, it's a seer custom. Not everybody in Chabad keeps it that way. However, the custom is we should find out and we should see Mashiach himself. 
Mishmarei Shabbos, starting to practice and prepare for Shavuos, we will hear Terech Hadashem Yitli Teitzei, and we will all sit in the Shalayim Yerakedesh, and we will have the Karbonis to bring and to sacrifice and to enjoy. Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach, and we should all be in the Shalayim Yerakedesh.